0: Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Audio only today, folks. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined as always by Mr. Bo Brock. And Bo had a little bit of movement on the Cardinals uh, practice field on Thursday. J.J. Watt limited, Rondell Moore back in action. What can you tell us and what should fans expect ahead of Sunday's really pivotal game at Carolina?
1: Yeah, JJ Watt was not out there for the Arizona Cardinals for a second consecutive day. Uh, did not practice. He's still nursing that calf on the injury report. He had an illness that was uh, not discussed. But you've got Vance Joseph saying that you know he's he's optimistic that JJ Watt's going to be able to play. He's been dealing with this calf ever since. Uh, before week 1 which actually kept him out of the Arizona Cardinals season opener so it's going to be important for JJ Watt to be available i you know with Vance Joseph just saying that he you know he he's he thinks he's he's going to play that's fine with me and and you don't really need to see JJ Watt out there on the practice field you know he's putting in the work on the side so the Arizona Cardinals defensive line isn't going to take another hit potentially with Richard Lawrence already coming off a of hand surgery his availability it's probably not happening. So, you know, J.J. Watt, That that's the story. I know it's a polarizing topic because yeah. of his injury history, right? I mean, when people yeah. say he see he's not practicing, they're saying, oh, God, you know, Steve kime and giving him all that money, you're feeling a little buyer's remorse, and you think that, you know, he wasn't worth the investment. But, look, he's your sack leader, and as far as the Arizona
0: Cardinals' defensive success,
1: if they're going to have any of it, he's going to be a part
0: of it. Well, and I I'll push back a little bit on you. I I think he needs to practice because he didn't practice for two months in the preseason. Like I would like to see JJ Watt not be on the injury report or in the news for about eight to 10 weeks before I feel good about it, because it's, it's literally something that we forecasted before the season is like, is would you sign up for 13 games right now? And I think most of us would say yes, but then it underscores what we've talked about at nauseam, especially now with Rashad Lawrence out this defensive line, Group is it's a house of cards, right? Zach Allen's got hit injury history. It doesn't have the greatest depth. I saw something today where they're gonna lean on Ledbetter and and yeah. potentially elevate Manny Jones and Lucky Foto. And I, I'm sorry, that's just not good enough in my opinion for this team to be competitive with already major limitations at inside linebacker when you're not playing your best players and you've got Devon Kennard snatching up key snaps. I mean, your your front seven. It's it's vulnerable. And the only way I think that the Cardinals can kind of put an end to it is either by making a trade or the offense needs to get it together and allow the, the group to kind of pin their ears back. But if anybody wants to play bully ball with the Arizona Cardinals, it's concerning because I think they can. And I think teams will because they don't have the horses. I mean, say what you want about Chandler Jones. He was a force at times last year. Jordan Hicks, very capable, you know, inside linebacker. I just This defensive line group in particular, it is – it's a it's a point of emphasis to watch moving forward. I feel like Bo, the secondary is in a much better shot, a much better place. You've got Trayvon Mullen who is scheduled to play even more this week. Antonio Hamilton is set to be back next week. Mm-hmm. So I just the defense. It's a tale of two position groups, in my opinion. And
1: I mean, we are completely different sides of this because I, I, I believe more in this defensive line than the secondary. And sure, yes, it's encouraging that Hamilton is is on on pace to come back and, and just kind of hit the ground running after his freak incident in the, uh, in the kitchen. And then you've got Trayvon Mullen. Yeah. Cause you got VJ saying he's absolutely going to play some defensive snaps after being held the goose egg snaps in his debut. And just pretty much just a special teamer in his Cardinals debut. But When you look at like the next level analytics and as far as the pressure they're getting, the pass rush, win rate, you, some people just don't buy into it, but the Arizona Cardinals are getting strong pressure and they're getting it at the right time. It's just their inability to cover at all. That has been their biggest issue, especially, you know, third and long situations. I mean, they've created some negative plays against opposing offenses and then on third down, can't get off the field. This week is going to be different because I think, Baker Mayfield is a guy that he's in his first year in the offense with, with the Panthers. I don't think it's that great of an offense anyway. But he's going to hold on to the football a little bit longer than we've seen from Mahomes, than we've seen with Derek Carr, than we've seen with Matthew Stafford, who know their their system backwards and forwards, and they don't hold on the ball long anyways. I think we're going to see this pass rush get home a few times this weekend, unlike what we've seen. We've only seen J.J. Watt with two sacks outside of that it's been nothing from this uh, front seven as
0: far as generating sacks. So I'm gonna put you on the record right now. Do you think Devon Kennard, Dennis Gardeck, or Marcus Golden has a sack this week for the? Yeah, Arizona let's give
1: it Cardinals. up to the junkyard dog. I'll go with I'll go with uh, Marcus Golden. I think he's been close. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see you know more interior players like Watt or Zach Allen get there as well. I think Zach Allen's been really close. I would have, if I, if I'm a betting man, if, if it's in the DraftKings Sportsbook app, I'm probably hitting Zach Allen for a, a prop of at least, it's got to be like, what, half a sack? If, yeah, over
0: point, on that 0.75 is how yeah. we do things on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, I don't hate that. I also would like Zayvon Collins to get some retribution of his missed sack last week. Um, against Matthew Stafford. Sent him at Baker Mayfield a couple times. The Cardinals need to make Baker Mayfield uncomfortable. That goes without saying. You know, we're really comfortable at Four Peaks, but we had a great time hanging out there yesterday in downtown Tempe. Myself, you, DA, had a blast with our live show. It's actually, we're doing a live show every Wednesday, the final Wednesday of the month. And, Bo, you guys were dabbling in some of the finest Four Peaks brewery had to offer. That's right. You know, Kilt Lifter, wow, they were $3 specials
1: if you were hanging out with the PHNX crew, but then you've got the Pumpkin Porter. It's the reason for the season. It's the premier pumpkin-flavored anything in the universe, in our opinion. Like, it, it beats anything that you can come up with. That includes all the lattes or pumpkin spiced, everything. It's Pumpkin Porter, and you can only find it at Four Peaks. Uh, Four Peaks, They. they they put us up each and every final Wednesday of the of the month, and we have a fantastic time there. It's a great place to go watch a game, NFL Sunday. Who wouldn't want to go have great food, great beer, and, of course, a great atmosphere with all the games on TV. They got the 220-inch television. That's what they're going to have Carolina uh, hosting the Arizona Cardinals on on Sunday. Check it out. Got to be 21 years old, or older if you are dabbling in the beer or the spirits there, but uh, you can always go there and, and, and also – Drink yourself uh, a nice glass of water or have a Coke if you're not 21 and still have a great time. Uh, also, let's also, talk about OGs. you got to be 21 yeah. years or older for OGs as well, but it's just as fantastic. OGs is the Arizona's original cannabis kitchen, and they're doing something that's just completely game-changing. It's like what Steve Kime wants from the linebacker position, but they're actually executing this. They're succeeding, they, yes. Yeah, they're succeeding in doing it. They have a nighttime gummy. That's right. They've got a nighttime gummy that's going to help you put you to sleep and keep you to sleep. It's uh it's flavoring dreams. That's basically what they're doing over at OGs. It's uh the, nighttime gummy it's got uh, all the stuff that's gonna help you out there at sleepy time they've got the uh, aqua berry flavor that's what it is and it's got two to one thc to cbn ratio gummy the cbn is a compound that's helps specifically when falling and staying asleep highly recommend you check out ogs online OGsBrands.com. that's og brands.com and on instagram you can find their products in your local dispensary as i said before gotta be 21 years or older
0: more movement from the Arizona Cardinal roster. They bring back veteran Chris Banjo to the practice squad. We'll be uh, anxious to see if they elevate him on game day now that Deontay Thompson has been cut. Bo Brock, uh, some other moving parts. We don't expect A.J. Green to play this weekend. But Bo, had a chance to chat with perhaps his replacement, Rondell <laughs> Moore, looking like maybe a full go, maybe not. Depends on who you talk to. But goodness, it would be the lift this team desperately needs against a Carolina Panther defense that has been playing better as of late. But goodness, the card certainly could could stand to play a little bit better too.
1: Yeah, talking with uh, with Rondell Moore, it, it really seems to all signs to him returning to the playing field on Sunday. He said he's excited to be back. He didn't really ha- throw any cautionary signs up of hey, we'll see how it goes in practice, and you know, it's, it seems like he's going to be out there and, and it's going to be out of necessity as well. I mean. Y- they were already down to four receivers a couple times this year. A.J. Green goes down. You're relying upon Andy Isabella at the last, at the end of last game and Andre Bacellia, great opera singer from what we joke around about here, but as far as playmaker, only in the preseason. But, yeah, if you can get a guy like Rondell Moore and a guy who's going to have to fight for his snaps now because it seems like Greg Dortch is entrenched in this offense and has been one of the few things they can hang their hat on through three weeks – They're not going to move him out of his comfortable spot that he's earned and delivered for Uh, Rondell Moore. It's going to be really fascinating to see how he just kind of finds his way against the Carolina Panthers. But Johnny, this team was excited about Rondell Moore for a reason, like the the role that they had kind of carved out for him. And maybe to in hindsight, it wasn't the best idea to put all their all those marbles in the Rondell Moore basket right now, right away. But just his playmaking ability And what it can bring, and just Kyler Murray, another guy who can get open, it's just, it should do wonders for this offense.
0: Yeah. And, you know, with Rondell Moore specifically, you go back and I I tried to watch some of his Purdue highlights in the last couple of days to get recharged and re energized (laughs) because everybody's seen the highlights from year one his bomb against the Niners, his bomb against the Vikings. But man, his ability to break tackles, that even that freshman year at Purdue was unbelievable. What he did to Ohio State. That physicality is missing from the Cardinal offense right now. Yak. The Cardinals, outside of maybe Greg Dorch, and I love Hollywood Brown, but that's not his game. His game is to find spaces open in the defense, use his speed. We, we'd love a deep shot, but the receiver that can get you really the most yak outside of DeAndre Hopkins is Rondell Moore. And, and the Cardinals, talk about the margin for error for this offense right now. It's nickel and dime, right? The deep pass, the deep ball isn't there, maybe because the offensive line can't sustain their blocks, so everybody has to be perfect. Zach Ertz has to be perfect. Can't be dropping balls, right? There can't be miscommunication with the running backs. Last week, dropping passes from Kyler Murray, Rondell Moore. If you get the ball in his hands in the open field, can exploit people. It can run through people, over people, even at five foot seven. And so, you know, I remember they called was the guy from Boise State. That was the running back, and they called him the Muscle Hamster. Like I feel like that's very reminiscent of of what Rondell Moore can bring to this offense. He's just like a little Muscle Hamster, but <laughs> we can't steal that because that, God, I can't remember who that was. Um, but yeah, I, it's it, we're at the point now, Bo Brock, where it's go time for Rondell. Like this is really, I think, kind of his last chance to prove something because Antoine Wesley should return after this game. He's eligible to come off the IR. DeAndre Hopkins is only a couple of weeks away, and then everybody's going to settle back into what we all thought their roles would be in the spring. And is Rondell Moore a part of that big picture? You think about where is this receiving core in six weeks from now? If I had to ask you, give me the top four rotation for the Cardinals receiving core at the at the end of Halloween, at the beginning of November, what would yeah, you say it would look like? Top versus- four.
1: Let's let's put some respect on your on your short king, Muscle Hamster Doug Martin. Doug Martin, that's what
0: he was. That's that I look at Rondell and I'm like, "Oh, he could be on a little hamster wheel maybe."
1: Right. Um I mean as far as the the, the rotation goes, it's going to it's going to be D-Hop. He's going to be your number 1 wide receiver. He 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 come, immediately gets back into that role. Then it's Hollywood Brown, and yep. then it's going to be a fight between Rondell Moore and Greg Dortch as far as being 3 and 4. And then after that, it's like, who gives a shit, right? I mean, I think No, that well,
0: let's, let's be respectful of Antoine Wesley. Like, I, people, people uh, sleep on him. He's got the, the... He's the tallest receiver the Cardinals have now that A.J. Green is officially laid to rest in, in terms of his NFL <laughs> career. Like, I'll, I'm going to try to be respectful here, but, like, they, Cardinals need Antoine Wesley. I'm you sorry. Can't,
1: you can't <laughs> backtrack and say, I'm trying to be respectful, and then you just threw dirt on 34-year-old A.J. Green. <laughs> <laughs> he's died. Can we just admit he's died? Yeah. Um, I admit, I, you know, and I was, I was one of the guys that thought, you know, in the ideal role, him coming back to this offense, uh, that, that he was going to be better. And he just showed, you know, father time remains undefeated. Uh, so I, I just think I'm not that big a believer in Antoine Wesley. I I just, I don't like if, if he can play a role and diversify this, uh, this wide receiver core. Then that's fine, right? If if he's a guy that's going to see three targets a game, great. But you know, as far as Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins, like they should be getting the lion's share of targets. And then any kind of anything in between the gray area, it needs to be Dorch. It needs to be Rondell. And then if there's if there's scraps left. If then then there sure we'll feed Wesley and I think Wesley understands that I mean he he's, he's got to be a humble guy coming out of Texas Tech getting really released from Baltimore and then the Cardinals taking a chance on him and and him Dor- sh- you know having a uh, being a bright spot
0: spot at
1: the end of the year last year where there weren't a lot of
0: them. Dorch jumped everybody. I mean, he, not only yeah. Rondell, but he jumped Antoine Wesley and. Yeah. Like I think about how does this all affect like something like Trey McBride and you just laid it out. There's four guys that are going to be fighting for for targets from the receiving core alone. Five, if you include Wesley, I don't want to see Andre Bacelli or Andy Isabella get offensive snaps again when Hopkins comes back. But then it's Zach Ertz who has a ton of targets already this year. Like it, it makes me sad to say like what Trey McBride at the end of the year, give me his, what do you, how many, what's his stat line for the Arizona Cardinals by January? I don't want to take a dark depressing turn well, we're talking about this receiving court, how it continues to evolve. If Trey McBride can't get on the field right now, how the mm-hmm. hell is he going to get targets in November?
1: Yeah, I, I'm not optimistic about it. And it, it's is it it's not an indictment really on McBride? It's not. No, it it's it's I mean, it's that conversation we had earlier in the week, and I encourage people to check it out. Was it on Tuesday's podcast where we were really looking at and deep dive in the development issues with this Arizona Cardinals? Organization. Um, I just don't think he's gonna get the the PT the snaps necessary um, because the team understands just overall talk about margin for error. You know they don't have any, and this coaching staff already with trust issues isn't gonna trust a first year tight end to go out there and make big plays for him. Even though you would think, given the opportunity, it's somebody that could kind of take advantage of it. Just like he took advantage of being you know the lone playmaker. For Colorado State, just made play after play after play as Mountain West defenses probably keyed in on him, but they don't want to give him that opportunity, and and it's really unfortunate. I, I, you know, the stat line just continues to shrink and shrink. If he can reach 150 yards on the season, that would probably be a win because we would see him at least catch the effing football and run around (laughs) something. Something we haven't been able to see. We saw him run one route in the red zone for the most part, and Kyler Murray probably could have hit him if he uh, if he probably had more of a rapport with the poor kid out there. I mean, I'm sure he's like he doesn't even expect 85 to be out there. So why would he be looking for him in the back of the end zone?
0: Yeah, if you're uh, dabbling on underdog fantasy with Trey McBride's over/under and stats, God bless your soul because it's not gonna it's not gonna be good for you. Uh, and you can take the under there because you know I've had a great time playing underdog fantasy since uh we became partners with them in week one uh i play it every sunday it's fantastic dabbling on the app right now in preparation for tonight's thursday night football game all you got to do to dabble with underdog search in the app store click on the link in our show notes if you sign up with promo code phnx underdog fantasy get this is going to double your first deposit up to one hundred dollars so cash in a hundred get 200 bucks. I've already spent my 200. Am I going to say who it was on, who it wasn't on? Uh, didn't have a good outing against the LA Rams using underdog fantasy. You're going to have better luck than me though. That's underdog fantasy promo code, PHNX and get in on the action today. All right, Bo. anything else stand out from cards practice on Thursday with Cliff Kingsbury? Because I mean, he's taking a lot of arrows, right? I, there's, there's mm-hmm. articles out about, you know the the ineffectiveness of Cliff. There's betting odds that he's going to be the first coach fired, and then of course, coincidentally, he's playing a little bit of his kryptonite this weekend. The coach he can't beat, Matt Rules. So, I mean, what's the what's the mindset of uh, Coach Cliff Kingsbury entering what I think is a pivotal must-win for the fourth-year head coach?
1: You, you would hope urgency, right? You would hope that he sees opportunity and that this team can capitalize on it. And it's going to have to be, you know, the fast start that they've been you know, saying over and over that they want to get each and every week. And it's going to be important because we see that Cliff Kingsbury teams play so much better with elite. And that's not anything profound. I mean, that's most NFL franchises, but really this this under K two, that's just how they operate and how they're successful. That's the blueprint. Get up early capitalize on some mistakes and then kind of bury some teams. And what he really needs to do is just change the, uh, a bunch of the narratives. And, and if you look at this Arizona Cardinals team, it's easy for especially the national media to kind of make him a punching bag. It's easy to poke fun at him because nothing is trending in the right direction right now for this Arizona Cardinals team, not like on, on a, on a wide lens um, viewpoint. And then not on in, in a, in a, in a closer look at the team, like, how they're playing now, how they played at the end of last season, how they play against the Carolina Panthers. They've lost six straight. They need to change that. You know, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, 0-2 against Matt Rule. It's it's unacceptable. Like Cliff Kingsbury says, I'm not, he's got to draw the line in the sand. And I'm not, I'm not fucking losing to this guy a third time. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna well, come no. out of this week, the odds-on favorite to be fired when this guy should be the true dead man walking as far as. You know NFL head coaches go, so I think Cliff Kingsbury, he should. I don't know if he will, um, but he the the Arizona Cardinals. The trends would tell you that they shouldn't have a chance this weekend. But you know, looking at the roster and who plays quarterback for them, that gives him you know that puncher's chance and more than a puncher's chance, in my opinion. But when you're looking at the trends, if you're betting the Arizona Cardinals and you're taking everything in outside of like do factor, which we we like say tongue in cheek, right? Then you, you wouldn't be smart to put money on him. but well, maybe quarterback gets... battle, man. And I think that that's really what this game's gonna be about. about. Baker Mayfield sucks. He sucks. He's 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 a terrible quarterback, and it, it can't be a couple years ago when we saw Kyle Allen come in with this Carolina team and look like Tom Brady. Like it's not a, it, this can't be. Like I said about Cam Akers last week, and it was a little bit unfortunately true. Cam Akers had a little bounce back. It can't be Baker Mayfield's uh, coming comeback story this weekend.
0: Yeah, uh, is the Cardinal defense the get-right defense for a lot of alien players in terms of uh, measuring sticks and, and getting to where they want to be on the season? Maybe Cliff Kingsbury could get some help from his defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, who, not so coincidentally, today again was asked about Isaiah Simmons because the media, rightfully so, my co-host here will continue to ask about old number nine. Until we see him play more than 16 snaps a game, but Bo, you had a chance to visit with Vance Joseph and listen. This Isaiah Simmons saga, I, I think it's it's not it should not be overshadowed. It should be a talking point, and we should we should demand real answers. The fans deserve real answers because you've got the GM going on 98.7 talking about play the best players, and I know Isaiah Simmons is an impact player, and blah blah blah, gushing over his former top ten draft pick, and then you have Vance Joseph today, Bo Brock. Saying that he's been playing really well, and I'm super proud of him. It's like Vance, like don't don't piss on me. And tell me it's raining, right? <laughs> ben Neiman and Nick Vigil are playing the majority of the snaps over this unicorn draft pick, right. and it's it's unacceptable. And you should be able to find the best position for him to maximize his talents to help you win football games. And you're you're not doing a good enough job, Vance. Yeah, I was I was hoping I, I dropped to my knees
1: every every night and prayed to the football gods, you know, maybe some sort of transparency from this organization as far as what the relationship especially with key players key draft picks actually is and I'd asked, you know, just being uh, optimistic that my my prayers have been answered and and I said I asked uh Vance. I was like is Isaiah Simmons embracing his new role. Yeah, which is the last couple of weeks, 15 and 16 player. snaps respectfully. <laughs> and he said, Isaiah is playing really good football right now. Isaiah is practicing better than he's ever practiced before. I really, you know, like what I've seen from Isaiah Simmons and I love it. Kimmy, one of, uh, one of the uh, viewers and Twitter followers fixed up the video that I posted on my Twitter account after, I, you know, Vance kind of spruced that, that up and said, he's proud of Isaiah. And then Kimmy brought from the, uh, from anchorman where Ron Burgundy's like, I don't believe you. <laughs> I just, I don't believe you at all. You're lying. So I, I, we're not going to get anything on this. I've got to imagine that Isaiah Simmons. I mean, just think about your own life when you've been given a tremendous opportunity and you don't live up to the expectations and everything is immediately pretty much stripped from you. There's no way that this kid, in his third season, who had the expectations to basically be a leader on the field, be on the field almost every single play, is playing 15, 16 snaps a game. There's no way he's embracing this role. Zero chance.
0: Yeah, it's embarrassing for him. He was the Buckus Award winner. He was on national power perennial contender Clemson, where it, he was it, he was a, a a household name at the NCAA level. Like even if you weren't a fan of that program, casual college football fan, you knew what Isaiah Simmons was doing that year. You saw his performance in uh, the college final football final four, and what he did against Alabama. He was all over the field, and he was talked about as maybe the best player in that draft in the twenty twenty draft. Like, yeah, there's going to be players that go above him because you know you question. Remember this positional value? Well, should we value somebody who plays inside linebacker first overall? But then they said, you know just from a ranking standpoint, Isaiah Simmons, best player, 99 overall, and he can't get on the field. And I I'm sorry for me. It it is more to do with the lack of trust from Vance Joseph and putting rookies and young players in positions to succeed every single week. I mean, imagine what this has done to Isaiah Simmons confidence. I can't imagine because he's second guessing himself. It's like, I can play at this level. Can we simplify this a little bit Vance? Like, I, I know people have talked about this. I brought this up before and he doesn't have like the most refined pass rush moves, but hey Vance, your pass rush sucks. You don't have a mm-hmm. you know inside line, or outside linebacker with, a, with, a, with an edge sack this year. Maybe give him some snaps out there. see what he can do. Like we've gone from you're gonna call the entire defense with a green dot on your head to you can't play now. Like there has to be a gray area, a middle area where even like last year, Jordan Hicks called the defense, right? Isaiah Simmons still played 75% of the snaps, if not more. He had over 100 tackles. He was showing promise at the end of the year. He had a big force fumble against Dallas. It's just like, can he not just go back into that same role? Nope, because like we all knew, the minute Nick Vigil was signed, it was going to be a crutch for Vance Joseph. I didn't think Ben Neiman would be, but here we are. So, I mean, there, it was a gut-wrenching moment when Zayvon Collins left the field on Sunday against the LA Rams. Thankfully, he's okay. And the inside linebacking court was Nick Vigil and Ben Neiman. That, that tells you everything you need to know about the disconnect right now between Vance, the coaching staff, Isaiah Simmons, and, and probably most importantly, Steve Kime, who made the pick, Bo.
1: Yeah. And if you look across the other sideline on Sunday, or you just watch the opposing team's defense, uh, you know, Isaiah Simmons' counterpart for the most part is uh, Shaq Thompson. It's a guy who hasn't had a great career, struggling kind of lately. Uh, last year, he was okay. He he was like Isaiah Simmons before Isaiah Simmons, this hybrid right, player. He went
0: like the late 20s, though, right? Right, he did. And
1: uh, he was kind of like, was he more of a safety that came down and played linebacker? And now he's yeah. a full-time linebacker. Um, like Shaq Thompson, when you look at his snap percentage, it just they it looks like at this point in his career, the Carolina Panthers were like, all right, just fuck it. We're going to get him on the field. And then we're going we're gonna to get him the reps necessary to succeed because it was like 39%, 50% his second season. And then by year three, 75%. Like the Arizona Cardinals need to kick that up. And that's usually traditionally what's been going on with Steve Kahn draft picks. It's just like it's becoming a parody of itself now to where it's regressing. And, it, and it's 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 now hitting an embarrassing level uh, by this organization and its coaching staff. And it's, it's really unfortunate. It's like Carolina's got two hybrid guys that – they rely on pretty heavily in, in Jeremy Chen and and, um, and and Thompson. And they do okay. I mean, it's, it's not great. Probably Chen's better than Thompson. But the Arizona Cardinals, I think Zavin's finding his way a little bit. They got rid of any kind of idea of him playing any other anywhere else outside of inside. Um, but Isaiah just remains a big question mark for this team.
0: I'll tell you what's not a question mark is – how great the Game Time app is. It is fan flippantastic. If you have not heard about Game Time, friends, and you are a procrastinator like your boy, and you love to dabble in the ticket scene. And how could you not? So many great stadiums to visit here in Arizona, or if you're, you know, outside of Arizona, yeah, professional or collegiate sports teams, game time has you covered. Save up to 60% on tickets. When you buy last minute, it's fan flippantastic for procrastinators like myself and the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description i'm going to tell you right now i got family in town for the eagles game in a couple of weeks i said wait don't go to some of these other sites with huge egregious fees go to game time game time is where you're going to save up to 60 percent on tickets when you buy last minute the best way click on the link in the description below bo
1: Absolutely. You want to check out concerts, too? I bought my tickets to uh, Nate Bergazzi last Friday Ooh. on Game Time. Got a uh, really sweet deal on that. I saw that Nas and Wu-Tang are playing uh, tonight in the Valley. Might, uh, I might just mess around and, and get tickets to that, see some old-school hip-hop. Um, game Time, best way to do that. Also, the best way to murder your thirst, liquid death. Just nice. put an end to thirst. Just put it down. With liquid death and also put uh, to death plastic pollution because they've got these cans out there. It looks like you're swigging on a tall boy. You look pretty badass when you need like a a cigarette to really pull off the entire look. It's, It's pretty cool when you're sitting there drinking a tall boy, but it's actually refreshing either mountain spring water or they got the sparkling water. Regardless, you look sweet doing it. and You're murdering your thirst. You're murdering plastic pollution. You got the recyclable cans helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits for every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. You've got uh, free shipping on water and cool merch from Liquid Death. Just go to liquiddeath.com slash phnx. That's liquiddeath.com slash phnx. Get yourself some refreshing water. Get some cool merch while doing so as well. Liquid, death,
0: your local target, fries, or sprouts. We're going to be back in studio on Friday. Myself, Bo Brock, the great Frank Sanders, with our final and official preview for the Carolina Panthers hosting your Arizona Cardinals. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. We're going to have our final game predictions, potentially a prediction for the DraftKings king of the game. Can Cliff Kingsbury get it done? Find out come Friday night with me and the boys. For Bobrock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace.